Welcome to Fruit Snacks, a weekday podcast that covers big ideas about the Christian worldview in a bite-sized format. Hey everyone, in today's episode, I want to address some practical applications for us in our modern context, given the ancient Near Eastern interpretation of Genesis 1 that we've been discussing this week. And these are considerations or questions that often come up because of the culture and the time and the place in which we find ourselves. And so they're worth thinking about or talking about because they are obvious questions to us, even if they wouldn't have been obvious questions to the ancient reader. And the first is this idea that aren't the Bible and science at odds? Well, in light of the discussion we've been having about Genesis 1 being primarily function-oriented rather than material-oriented, in other words, the Bible isn't primarily concerned with telling us how all the stuff in the universe came to be. In fact, because the Spirit of God is hovering over the waters, the abyss and the deep, we see that the Bible sort of just assumes that stuff is already around when God begins to bring order out of chaos and to give function to non-functioning stuff, which means that the Bible and science really aren't at odds, especially on an interpretation of Genesis like this, because they're answering completely different questions. Uh, you're probably familiar with the the five basic questions that we all learned and heard about in junior high, the who, what, where, when, and why, and then you got the bonus one thrown in of how. Well, I, I would submit to us that science is really concerned with answering questions about our world and our universe like the what and when and how. But if Genesis is function-oriented, then the Bible isn't concerned with answering primarily any of those questions. The questions that Genesis 1 is aiming at are who and why. In other words, the focus is that God is the one who created, Yahweh alone created and is responsible for creation, and the why of of his creation and his decision to give purpose and function and that we're not really trying to answer the question of how did God create and with what and when and how old is everything and and so on and so forth. That doesn't seem to be the focus, which means that we don't need to, as Christians, to be able to answer the first set of questions, the, the what and the when and the how, the scientific questions, in order to answer the second. I don't have to know definitively or have a position definitively on the age of the earth or the mechanism that God used to create all the material stuff or what exactly the elemental and chemical makeup of the universe was at what temperature at how many picoseconds after the big bang all those are different questions than what genesis 1 is trying to answer genesis 1 is telling us that whatever happened god and god alone did it and he did it for very specific reasons he did it 
because he was establishing a specific purpose and order and function for his creation. And therefore, however he did it, we will do best and we will co-partner with God best when we align ourselves with God's intended functions and purposes for creation. And I don't need to be able to explain how God did it in order to know that God did it and that he did it for certain reasons. And so we can rightly infer design to the universe even when we can't explain the design. For instance, if I were to walk into a room and see a mural spray painted on a wall, I might not have any idea how the artist did that, but I can rightly infer that someone did that, that it didn't just happen because paint cans fell from a higher story and happened to arrange themselves in that way. That's not my inference. My inference is design, even if I can't explain the design. So, as I mentioned, we have that elephant in the room question of then how old is the earth or how old is the solar system or the galaxy or the whole universe? And honestly, right now, science is divided. Some of the mathematical models, which at one point overlapped within a certain margin of error, have now, as we've gotten more and more precise with our ability to measure things in the universe, those tools have actually caused the different answers for the age of the universe to diverge well outside of the margin for error, which means that at best, one of them is right and the other is wrong because somewhere along the line, our physics or our math or whatever is is wrong and we don't know why. But at worst, it means that both are wrong. That's also a possibility. Maybe we've missed something entirely or we just don't have enough information to be able to know. And again, I don't think ultimately in light of Genesis 1 and the function focus, I don't think it matters. Again, the point is that God made it, however he made it, whenever he made it, and he made us for a purpose. So we, therefore, as Christians, are, I think, free to follow the evidence, the scientific evidence, that we happen to find most convincing. With one big caveat, as long as, for us, God remains our ultimate focus and is the ultimate creator, that our our position is, I don't know, but whatever happened, whenever it happened, and however it happened, God did it. And only God could have done it. I'm going to leave you with a verse from Psalm 19 that I think is a good summary of how we ought to think about and rest in this idea of an interpretation of Genesis 1. Psalm 19.1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament proclaims His handiwork.